record button. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast. We are so fortunate today to have Sally from the Bridge Group join us. And uh, Sally, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Great. Thanks so much, Greg. I'm excited to be here um, and helping you launch all of this fun stuff. So with the Bridge Group, is hopefully everyone has heard about it but for those that haven't we've been around for 22 years helping inside sales and sales development teams um, produce much better results and do it much more efficiently and effectively and that's our whole focus and mantra in life and we do that through consulting but we also do a lot of support of the industry and the profession by doing lots of research. We are very prolific in the blogosphere on LinkedIn um, and just helping to write a lot of really valuable content that is out there to help people get better at this and make this you know, work um, much better for them. Nice. I love that. And so you've been involved in, um, and I'm just going to apologize to our listeners. Uh, we have a, a couple different things going on in the background. Uh, I got a newborn baby who you, you might hear cry. Um, he's crying right now. And uh, Sally might have some dogs barking. So we'll, uh, we'll just add some flavor to our call. So you've been in the, the sales training world for a while now. You've been in sales for a while. And so one of the things that I'm really excited to talk with you about is your experience, what you're seeing in the market, and how it really relates specifically to the role of the SDR. Um, I was fortunate to get into tech sales as an SDR. I think the SDR is probably the most under-recognized member of the revenue team. And I talk about revenue team being sales development, account executives, like sales engineers, customer success. Um, a good SDR is worth their weight in gold. And so Absolutely. I really want to make sure we talk about kind of, I know the bridge group is all about data. Like what are you guys seeing in the market? How SDRs are changing? What can organizations be doing to help these SDRs maybe onboard quickly, ramp quickly, and then ultimately how are organizations supporting the SDR org um, in this what is likely to be a remote selling environment for the foreseeable future. So really excited to uh, dive into those topics today. Um, we'll start with the Bridge Group's mantra, holistic yes. targeted solutions. Um, what, is, what does that mean to <laughs> you personally? Yeah, you know, I think why this is so important is because <clears throat> the main thing that we're trying to get across is there's not a one-size-fits-all model. There's certainly key components and frameworks that have to be um, accounted for in every SDR model, but they're not always the same. You can't take the Salesforce model or the Dropbox model, or the Box model, or whatever the, the latest hot flavor company of the day is, and insert that into your company. And I think that's where we go wrong. We worked at one company, and that's what we got to know. And so we tried to put that model and what we did into a new company, and wow, all of a sudden it doesn't work. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's like, surprise, yeah. You, you know, I, I, I mean, we used to get, I'm dating myself and I have been in this for a long time, but I got my start at Oracle back many, many years ago when Oracle was a $50 million company. Um, and in four years, we became a billion dollar company. 
And wow. when I went out and was doing this, everybody was like, you know, I want the Oracle model. I want the Oracle model. And it's like, but you're a $20 million company. You're not Oracle. You have no brand name recognition. You're not selling to the same buyers and you don't have yeah. the same product and it just doesn't work. And so, and that happens. And that's, you know, some of the, the differences that you have to account for. Um, and so that's why we use all of our industry research and what we learn from everybody else, but we bring experience from so many different companies at so many different stages. And you have to take all of that into account and identify what's really best for your company, your buyers based on the stage of the market that you're in and what your goals and objectives are. And then you have to, you know, adjust and make it work in those given situations. And so I think that that's what is so important and what is missing from so many things today. I love that. We could probably spend all day talking <laughs> about um, just because it worked at Salesforce doesn't mean it's going to work for your startup. And exactly. just, you know, an, an SDR who's prospecting on behalf of a half a million dollar seed funded company doesn't have the ability to insert company name in the subject line and for a prospect to automatically recognize who they are. Very, exactly. very, very different. So I love that that's something that you guys um, start to put focus on with your clients. So piggybacking off of that real quick, if I can go off on a small little tangent, how do you, thinking kind of a top leadership perspective, how do you tell the CEO <laughs> that who's being told by their board hey, you need to go hire this person with this resume. Like, how do you tell the CEO to, to not listen to that advice and not follow that old playbook of the Oracle or the Salesforce? Like, that's got to be a hard conversation to have, right? Well, fortunately, <laughs> I actually love to have those conversations. Um, and okay. I may be some sometimes a little bit too bold and direct in them. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I think telling these stories and giving examples, here's why it won't work. Yeah. Right. And here's why, I mean, we run across this a lot with CEOs that, especially when they want to hire a VP of sales typically or a sales leader and they go out and they want, you know, they're a small start again, no brand name recognition. They may be evangelizing in their space and creating a new market. And they're like, we want to go out and hire this VP from Salesforce, right? Um, or from HP or SAP or Oracle or whatever big name company out there. And it very rarely works. Uh -huh. Right. I mean, just for a multitude of reasons. But so giving those examples and saying, you know, here's some reasons why it doesn't work. They don't know how to do that heavy lifting. They don't know how to create that messaging to explain why they want to talk with you. Because again, like you said, they can pick up the phone or send an email and say, I'm with Salesforce. And if you're a high enough level, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, I want to talk to you. You're from yep. Salesforce and I know exactly what you do and I want to talk to you. Yep. Right. You don't have that at these smaller companies. And so, you know, giving those kind of examples and why things don't work like that, um, you know, it, and I always like to use at the leadership position. I mean, you know, just even things like 
that VP has never had to make their airline arrangements for them before and their <laughs> hotel arrangements, right? And now you put them in this smaller environment and they got to make their own travel arrangements and they're like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. And I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's the honest to God truth. Yeah. <laughs> and that's some of the differences, right? Um, that, that you just have to consider when you're making these kind of major decisions and changes. Yeah. And you want somebody who knows how to be agile. Yeah, love it. Right? And think on their feet and can, you know, do different things and is willing to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty because you got to get involved in these earlier companies. Um, and really, you know, sometimes getting on the phone and yeah. really understanding what it, what, what are my SDRs and my sales reps hearing from prospects, oh, right? What are it. the types of questions that they're getting and how can I help them? figure out how do we answer that question, right? And how do we address it with prospects? So yeah. um, even, you know, whether you're in sales, marketing, product marketing, I think one of the biggest things in the, that you can do is get on the phone and listen or understand, you know, take some calls, make some calls, see what these people in the front lines are dealing with. You'll have a whole new appreciation <laughs> for what the job is, but also for the type of materials and content and messaging that you need to provide these roles to make them successful. Love it. That is so true. Um, I had a, a boss early in my sales career who I, I was convinced that he hadn't ran a sales call in probably 10 years. And he was telling me how to run a sales call. And there was just such a disconnect. And um, I had no, no respect for the guy. And um, I, I think it, it ties into one of the questions that I want to talk to you about is kind of, you said somebody who's agile, a personality characteristic. So um, one of your specialties looking at your resume and your success seems to be building sales teams. Um, what are some of the key things you ask your clients to, to maybe look for or hone in on when they're building a team to help maybe identify the people that are willing to get on the phone with an SDR that, that can roll up their sleeves? They're in the trenches every single day. Have you guys nailed down the secret formula for, for helping your clients figure that out? Yeah, you know, so again, it's about asking the right questions and not really, you know, looking just because they've been an SDR manager or they've been an SDR before, right? It's the same as just because you've been a VP of something before doesn't mean that you're any good at it, number one. <laughs> um, and it doesn't mean that you can come in and be successful, right? So it's really understanding and learning. Well, tell me about how you would get started. What are some of the first things that you would do? And, you know, if they start off by, well, you know, I'm going to look at your tech stack and I want to see if you've got, you know, a sales engagement tool and your data. And while all of those things can be important, those are not the most important things or the things that you really want to hear about, right? You want to hear about them understanding and trying to learn, you know, who your buyers are. What are the buyer challenges that your products solve and your solutions solve and how are you going to message that you know what does the sales team need if you're if you're going to be coming in as an SDR what does the sales team need 
right? What's their biggest challenge? For some sales teams, it's like, you know, they just need to talk to people. So, you know, that's a different strategy than if your sales team's got some really good pipeline and they're pretty busy, then you need to give them a lot more quality and better um, meetings. Yeah. Right. But if they're dying to talk to anybody and everybody, and that's how they're all still going to learn what's going on in the market when you're evangelizing, the more people you can talk to, the better. And they may not be even what you think are the right personas, but a lot of times you may not know what the right persona is, right? So the more you talk to people, the more you're going to learn and that they're willing to get on the phone. I mean, to me, that's the sign where if they're going to sit in the back, right? And just do, you know, run reports or, you know, look at tech stats, that's probably not the right person. Yeah. Um, Again, it depends on what stage you're at. I mean, if you already got a well-oiled machine going, then maybe that's exactly what you need. Somebody that can find those little areas to tweak. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good point. So we talk about a a remote workforce, right? Uh, Geography, location of talent is probably never going to be a serious indicator of who you work for moving forward and so you talk about different size companies you get to some place that's you know half a billion dollars that dashboard leader right knows what levers to pull what to tweak here and there is somebody who's important Uh, but for maybe a smaller startup what you're looking for early days is a leader to get in get on the phone with your prospects get their hands dirty so it really goes back to type of company, size of company, uh, making sure there's alignment there across the entire organization. Is that a a fair summary of kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, I think that's a great recap of what I was trying to get across. Yep. Cool. So we got the people hired now, um, onboarding. So I've always found that it's much easier to train my account executives to run live video conference demos than it is to train my SDRs. Um, you know, SDRs are making maybe 100 phone calls a day or, or 50 mm-hmm. if we're going over quantity over quality. I, I have an SDR team right now of three in my current role, and I'm struggling to onboard them in kind of in a repeatable fashion. Um, I can't imagine doing it across an entire company what what are you seeing in the market? What changes have taken place where you're seeing, hey, these companies are doing this really well, and mm-hmm. hey, here's what's not here's what not to do when you're when you're thinking about 100% remote SDR team. Yeah, you know, I think it's really hard whether it's an SDR team, a sales team, bringing on an executive, bringing on somebody in marketing today. Um, over the the last four months talking to people, I've talked to a lot of new, whether they're VPs of marketing or VPs of sales, um, that are new to the company since COVID. And so they haven't met in person, anybody from the company. And while they are on zoom meetings all day long with them, they haven't been able to forge that actual relationship and they feel extremely disconnected. They're not getting what the culture of the company is like. Right. So there are some real challenges um, in doing it remotely. You know, I think we've always field sales has always been remote. Right. But yep. they're usually brought in in the beginning for to corporate. 
right? And they'll spend a week or two or whatever it is going through their boot camp and their training yep. and the onboarding. And so you're able to develop that relationship and that rapport and understand the culture of the company and your boss throughout that. Mm-hmm. We can't even do that for a week or two right now. So it's a really tough situation. So I think the more that the direct managers are aware, this is really tough, the more that you build some type of bonding with the team and the new people. Um, One of the best SDR directors that I know has really taken it to the next level through this. She's got a um, younger and experienced to business team and they are really having a hard time being so disconnected. I mean, they were all in an office before, now they're not. They're having a hard time in their home environment where they're working because they're not living at home and now there's four people that they probably <laughs> didn't know before all working from home in, you know, in San Francisco, you you know, it's probably 800, if you're lucky, square foot apartment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and you know, and so you don't have any of that social interaction. You don't have that connection. So every week she's doing something different. She's done remote karaoke with the team. (laughs) That's awesome. Remote poker nights, you know? And so just helping to build that and forge that connection is really key and critical. I mean, because you know, not to go down a dark path, but there are some of these teams. I have another friend that the week before she started, there was a suicide on her team. And then after she started, there was, yeah, there was an attempted suicide. So, I mean, this is a real severe and real problem that people need to really think about, um, whether it's for existing teams or onboarding. But I also think for onboarding, if we're talking about SDRs in particular, you know, we are, all of our onboarding programs are really geared towards sales. Uh-huh. They're not geared towards SDRs. Yep. And, um, you know, I hear a lot, well, we hire really smart people. They can figure out what, who the buyer personas are they're supposed to go after, the companies they're supposed to go after, and the message and what value we provide. Well, you know what, we are hiring really smart people. However, if they've never been shown what good looks like and how to do this right, they're not doing it right. I mean, our biggest, the thing that we're called in for the last five years actually, the most on is how do we make outbound prospecting work? Because just allowing these people to do it on their own and think that they can figure out what the right messaging is that's going to resonate with a buyer. And oh, by the way, you know, you're calling on maybe a chief security officer or, or chief information security officer. If they're right out of college, they may not have even know what that position is or yeah. that position existed. So how are they going to deliver a message <laughs> that's going that- to be important to these people that's going to make them say, Yes, I need to talk to this person and find out more. So it's such a, a good point. So you think about when companies build forecasts, they have maybe, I don't know, let's throw a number out there, 30% of their projected forecast to come from outbound prospecting, right? They kind of budget marketing dollars around 
a certain amount coming from these activities. Why would you not invest 30% of your training resources around making sure that those SDRs have what they need? Um, and yes, they may be the smartest people in the world, but um, again, if there's not a benchmark to kind of show them what they need to strive right. towards, right. then you're, you're setting them up for failure and the only person you have to blame is yourself. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the biggest downfall is that we don't set SDRs up for success. We assume that through osmosis, because now they have an SDR title <laughs> that we just hired, <laughs> they're going to know all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know a lot of executives think that the SDR role is pretty easy, and it's not. It's the toughest job probably in the company, but definitely yeah. in the sales world. And until they've actually gone on the phone and done it and have to do it, you know, <laughs> at the volumes every day, day in and day out, you know, I'm sure that those sales leaders would take back that statement. And so you really do need to give them the right tools. And when I say tools, I don't necessarily just mean technology, yeah. but you know, who are they going after? Who's the right ideal customer profile? Who are the right buyers? You know, what's important to those buyers? What problems are they trying to solve? And what's our business value? You don't need to know the details around the product. So I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Go for it. Go a, for it. We have a lot of we have a lot of different, you know, intact where we think you have to have previous experience in security, for instance. Security is a big one. They won't hire anybody unless you have previous experience in security. Why? I mean, if you set the people up for success, and, and these people, oh, by the way, got started in security at some point in time without knowing security. Yeah, right. And we're able to make it successful. <laughs> right. So that's not the most important thing, right? You yeah. can teach somebody about security and what they need to know about your space. It's much harder to teach them because we don't teach them. Yeah, right. You know, yes. how to do the SDR role right. What is the proper messaging? How do you reach out to these people to make them want to say, yes, again, I want to talk to you. That's much harder because very few companies are doing it. Yeah, we, we could probably go off on hours worth of you know, you have to have security experience to come work here. And it's so funny that some of the best people I've ever hired, Sally, they came from different markets. And what I realized exactly. is, is they didn't come with what I call bad habits. They didn't come with a certain expectation of how things needed to be done. So um, I was always like, oh, you come from something completely different and unique than what I'm mm -hmm. normally looking for. Let me talk to you. Why are you interested in coming to work here? And, exactly. Uh, so. I totally agree, Greg. And one of the things that, you know, the, the, the person I was talking about who's a dynamite SDR director who's doing all this great stuff, getting people to feel connected. And um, she was actually, I hired her <laughs> um, back 10 years ago. And she came um, from the financial services. She was a stockbroker. Wow. But, and she's worked her way up, didn't know a thing about TAC and has been dynamite. Some of the other people that I've hired in my past. One was an accountant who okay. was dynamite and wow. made, and you know, has been become a VP of sales um, the rest of his career. Another one was a wine salesman. Interesting. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you just got to open up. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that brings me to the next topic around onboarding these people. So you, you have your, your SDR candidates, you've kind of identified the right fit for the leader um, onboarding SDRs. So mm-hmm. I've always felt that there's knowing that a certain amount of my number always is attributed to SDR performance. It's like an added stress, right? You got your AEs, you know, their quota. SDRs bring a certain level of stress associated with that because they, they have to generate X number of dollars in pipeline. Um, add in current world events. What would be your advice to your clients out there, our listeners around how do we, how do we really try to control our controllables and, and make sure that we don't impose stress upon ourselves that we don't need to have when we're onboarding, you know, maybe 10 SDRs at once in a completely remote environment. You know, it's awesome if you can onboard more at one time. The onboarding, what again, no matter what role, but if you onboard one at a time, it's a lot harder. Mostly because I think we decide it's just one person, so we don't dedicate enough time and attention to the actual mm. onboarding to make it good. Okay. So when you usually have 10 people onboarding at once or five, it's like, oh, we got to be on our game. We got to do this. <laughs> so, um, you know, onboarding for SDRs, I, I mean, we, we go through and we provide a whole lot of services for helping you figure out your onboarding. There's a lot that is the same as the sales team, but then we need to get different. And, you know, creating a playbook for SDRs that is unique to SDRs is so important. Um, You know, a lot of companies have invested a lot of money in sales methodologies, sales approaches, whether it's medic or complex selling or targeted account selling or spin, Sandler, you know, they've invested a lot in those, which are awesome programs. But, and then they train the SDRs on them. But the problem is, is that those programs start when the SDRs are finished, (laughs) (laughs) right? So they start when they're assuming we already have somebody on the line that is interested and I'm having that that first discovery call. Uh They don't talk about, well, how do you get it to a discovery call where the SDRs play? Right. So you have to bring it down in the messaging to the SDR level, right, of how do you even get started and what's your approach. And so training SDRs and salespeople need to be trained on this, too. But on, again, not just who you are as a company and all the great awards you've won and that you're in the, you know, magic quadrant by Gartner or whatever. But you got to get down to, again, your buyer side of things. So training them on who are the companies, what do the companies look like, where have we had success, who are our buyers, what are those roles? Again, getting to that buyer persona that's specific about these buyers have these challenges. Uh And then here's how we help solve those business challenges. Again, not feature and function. It's not about product. Yeah. It's about solving business challenges. So what is that? And don't make the SDRs do any translation. You know, I mean, the, the challenges we sometimes see is marketing has a lot of good information, but it's like 15 pages of buyer persona information, <laughs> right? No one's going to read all that. 
Right. And, and then the SDRs have to figure out what's important. What can I say to that actual buyer? Or do I do need to do a translation into buyer speak? And so, you know, doing that translation and, you know, giving the SDRs exactly what they can say in an email, put in an email you know what can they say in a voicemail what can they say in a conversation don't have them have to try to figure it out mm -hmm. especially when they're brand new yeah. on how to do the translation and what that translation is um, so giving them all of that information you know what's their cadence or sequence right how many times are they supposed to reach out is it supposed to be voicemail email phone um, set those and, guardrails yeah, set it all up for them. Give them the keys to the kingdom to be successful. Don't make them figure it out on their own. It's already hard you know, enough. There's, yeah, and there's a lot of ways that you can use the brain power from these smart people who are hiring. And most of that's going to come in when they're actually on a phone call and they're having a conversation. We need them to be able to think on their feet and how to guide that conversation, get out of it what they need, and set that meeting. That's where we need the brain power. Yeah. Right? And so when you talk about frameworks or playbooks, that's what you're talking about is kind of helping yeah. them understand how to go through their cadences, you know, what a, what a good email looks like, what a good email does or a bad email looks like, um, high level Cliff Notes version of our personas or one of my yeah, favorite things. <laughs> yeah, right. Or how to research somebody. Like how yes. do you go find information about Sally? Um, how do you go find information about Kevin, right? And then how do you use that information to, yes. to engage with your prospect? So oh, that, that's, a, that's a big one, Greg. And a big sinkhole we find SDRs is because we don't, they just know that they're supposed to research because everywhere you look on, you know, LinkedIn sphere, you've got to research, 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 you know, yeah. do all this. But we don't tell them, well, what is it that you're researching? What are you looking for? Where do you <laughs> find it? And then if you find it, how do you use it? Right? So it's just research, research. And we find many SDRs. I mean, this is common when we go into an organization. SDRs are spending 30 minutes researching before they make a phone call. But again, they don't even know what they're looking for, but they're researching and they don't know how to take that information and create an email or customize or personalize anything. And then the three days later, when they need to make their next outreach, they're doing the same outreach. Mm -hmm. So it's so inefficient and ineffective. Yeah. But we got to give them the guidelines. I mean, again, people need, you know, there is a method to the madness that if you've never done it before, you've never done it successfully before. <laughs> well, no, again, yeah. it's showing them what good looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I love that. I love that. So it's like my, my old soccer coach, do better. Well, what is, what is better? I don't, I don't know what that means. So Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, exactly. I saw that exact thing where, you know, this was about a year ago, but everything was, um, you know, make it relevant, make your message relevant. Right. And finally, somebody was like, what does that mean? Yeah. How do I know how to make my message relevant? What am I doing to make it relevant? You know, yeah. it's like, ah, bingo. 
Uh, <laughs> you got to quit using these buzzwords, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. So that's that's a nice tie-in. So I'm an SDR, or I'm, let's say I'm an accountant, Sally, and I want to get into the world of tech sales. And I know mm -hmm. SDR is the world I world I can I want to go. What what advice would you have to me when trying to find companies that will help me be successful? Like how do I interview my prospective employer to understand whether or not they have these things in place, knowing that I have three roommates that are doing the same <laughs> thing, that I have a dog in the background, that mm -hmm. I'm going to be mostly isolated, at least geographically, from my entire company for the foreseeable future. Like how do I What's it, what advice do you have for me trying to find that, that good home for my, for my future sales career? Yeah, you know, I think it's some skills that a good SDR always has, and it's asking a lot of questions, right? And so the interview process is one that you, you know, you're not just sitting there waiting for the company to ask you questions, uh -huh. but you need to be asking these questions that are important to you. Yeah. Right. So if getting proper training so you can be successful is really important to you as an SDR, which I hope it is, <laughs> <laughs> it should you be. know, it better be, um, you know, asking everybody that you talk to, don't just get one person's perspective, but get everybody's perspective. So what's the onboarding? You know, how am I going to get set up for success? What materials are there? What's the training look like? What does it cover that is specific to the SDR role? You know, not just, oh, we're going to tell you all about the company and, you know, our products and we're going to give you HR guidelines and how to get paid. <laughs> I mean, that's all important stuff. But that's not going to help you be successful in your role. So, you know, ask all of those questions, ask the qualifying questions. Wow, that sounds awesome. I love you're going to tell me how I'm going to get paid and you're going to tell me about the product and stuff, but what are you going to teach me about my specific role at this company? Even if you've been an SDR before, you know, you're going to bring some, some stuff with you. Yeah. Hopefully will help you. But again, as we talked about right in the beginning, you know, every company is different. Yeah, absolutely. And so you need to understand what, what they're going to provide you that's really specific to this company in your role, not just like, the generic stuff. I like it. And I have a couple of comments on that. I think the, the best SDRs I've ever hired, Sally, have always interviewed me more than yes. I interviewed them. And so I found that there was a direct correlation between that. And it was almost like uh, they had this like intrinsic curiosity that drove yes. them to want to, to understand, yes. which is so key as an SDR. You have to be curious. Key. Yes. And that, you know, I mean, just asking somebody if they're curious, I mean, because I'm not sure that people know how to understand and, and figure out, do they have that natural curiosity? Yeah. If they're not asking you any questions, they don't have it. Correct. <laughs> right? I mean, other than, you know, 
well, when are you hiring? Other than some really basic ones, but if they're delving in and they, you know, after they ask that first question and you give an answer, if they don't ask a follow-up question yep. and that deeper dive question, they don't know. Exactly. They're not going to do it when they're talking to a prospect if they're not right. doing it in the interview process. Exactly. Is it fair for a candidate to ask about culture? You know, do you guys do Absolutely. poker nights? Are we doing karaoke? Like, what are you doing to keep the team connected? And I would ask that exact question. You know, maybe it's not karaoke or poker or whatever. But, you know, just say, you know, I know that this is really, you know, some trying times for a lot and especially starting where I'm not going to be able to meet the team you know what what's the culture there how are you keeping the team connected and engaged just even whether it's fun stuff or it's things like I mean one of the best reasons for having these SDR and inside sales teams in the office together is the learning and the sharing yep right that you can overhear that phone call you oh my god I'd love how they position that I'm going to try it next time right yeah whether you know but and so you're not getting that at home at all so how are we sharing best practices how are we talking about what's working what's not working even if it's you know is your manager doing coaching how are they doing coaching how often do they do coaching right to help because some of that will come out during coaching it'll come out during group you know you can still do I, this may be very old school, but I always held weekly lunch and learns. And whether it was bringing in bagels in the morning and we did it around coffee and bagels or we brought in pizza or sandwiches or, you know, Chinese food or tacos or whatever yeah. around lunch, um, bring in marketing, product marketing, right? Sharing. You can still do that. I can send a gift card. I can do, you know, Sendoso or whatever and send things to my team. And we can still have these zoom sessions yeah and do them remotely but are are they doing them because yeah. it's a little it takes a little bit more takes a you know few minutes gotta be a little bit more organized to do it today <laughs> yeah and um i think one of the the coolest things i ever saw one of my colleagues do was actually a workshop wednesday where each week a different member of the team actually presented on a topic they had become the expert in and so it wasn't even the manager who needed to come every week with material prepared. He would ask his team, hey, what's a topic that's really interesting to you? Okay, you're going to present next Wednesday on this topic. What do you want awesome. the team to walk away yeah. with? And so as a, as a sales leader, maybe you know, trying to keep a SDR team engaged, maybe don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. Right. Maybe let your team kind of let, let them and their interests kind of start to, to surface and let them be the leader on a specific topic. So the team kind of goes to them for some things as opposed to you for everything, um, which That's creates a lot of. Yeah. And you're showcasing, you're allowing these people to, you know, show how much they know, how good yeah. they are, what they've done. That's good. And yeah. I think that really helps build up the individuals in the team as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it can even be, hey, you know, I want you to bring, you know, or, or if you even know because you're listening to your recorded calls, you know, that was an excellent call. We're gonna showcase that in a team meeting 
and we're going to talk about it. And I want you to guide the discussion as to why you did certain things, why you went down this path and not this path and let them shine. Yeah. I love it. Right. You know, and give them, give them that pat on the back and I say, love it. this was awesome. Yeah. Well, let's uh final question here and uh, we'll let you get back to uh, your, your rest of your day. So I always like to, to ask, uh, individuals that, are, that have been sharing their, their words of advice, kind of maybe the top three things that have really, that they've learned that have changed their career. Um, the goal here being our listeners can take those things and see if those types of ideas make sense for them. So Sally, over you know 20 years of sales experience, what have been the three things that you have found uh, made the biggest impact on your career? So in, in I hate to be kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, cliche about it, but being that I've been in sales my whole career and SDRs, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, one is just that tenacity and persistence. You know, yep. don't give up after one or two, whether you're an SDR or you're in sales. Yeah. If you give up way too soon, you're going to fail. Um, and I was just talking to a group of SDR leaders um, right before this. And, you know, we were taught they were transitioning to outbound prospecting. And so I was like, you know, the messaging is so different. And it is. And so this is my second point, too, about the messaging that okay. we've already talked about. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I had been introduced to this guy, this VP in charge of SDRs, um, by a VP of sales at his company and I couldn't get the guy to respond. So I started my, you know, I know what your challenges are kind of approach and here's how we can help you. Right. Here's the value that we bring. And so after the sixth attempt of reaching out to this guy, it was about outbound prospecting. It's like, you know, this is the biggest thing companies struggle with. Here's why. Here's some things you may want to consider. He responded within an hour. Love it. You know? So again, it's, that's a combo one. <laughs> um, <laughs> of being, you know, don't give up too soon. You know, yep. there's a point in time when you need to give up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, you don't give up too soon. And you, again, making the message, you know, to what their needs are, their concerns. It wasn't about me and that the Bridge Group wrote this great book um, and that we've won, you know, we've been nominated as the top women in sales and SDR. It wasn't about any of that kind of stuff. Nobody cares yeah. about that. Right? No one does. I love that. I it, love that you right? just said so, that. Yeah. It's about, it's about what, he, what my prospect was dealing with and how I can help them and make yep. their life better and make them more successful. Love it. That is, uh, that is so true. No one cares about what you did for company XYZ three years ago. They, they care about their problems and how you're going to help their problems today. Exactly. Exactly. So, I love yeah. that. So those are, those are the two. And the third one, um, you know, a, again, I think it's, you're always proving yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is good and bad but you can never rest on your morals <laughs> um, again whether it's an sdr or or in sales and it's like you know and 
I used to tell my teens all the all the time, you know, it's not about what you did a month ago, a quarter ago, maybe even yesterday. It's about yep. what are you doing today? Yep. Right. So you got to get used to that. Absolutely. It's something that you have to wrap your head around so early in your sales career. Cause if you, if you ever like mutter like, well, I hit my number last quarter, like no one cares and you have to be okay with that. Yes. So I love it. Yes. Well, that is, um, I would say blunt and honest <laughs> advice. And I appreciate it. I agree with all three of your points. And uh, again, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Really great insight. And uh, if you haven't read the sales development playbook, please pick it up. Uh, I have found a lot of success personally in using that book. And if anybody has any questions that would like to learn more about the bridge group, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to them. Thank you so much, Greg. It was awesome. Cool. Have a good day. Thanks.